Amen. Everybody ready for a fresh word? Say amen. Good, good, good. Well, today's sermon is on the prophet Jonah. And I wrote it down here because we just talked about Joseph. I said, man, if I don't keep that in front of me, I'm going to call him Joseph, you know. But I, I tell you, we, we can really see a lot of cool things from uh, the parallel that God's going to show us about the story of Jonah. Amen. So we call it Jonah, Man Overboard. And it's a small book. It's about four chapters. And I said, man, you know, it's everybody that enjoys a good fishing story. Amen. Especially from Bacosin or Buckrow or any of those places. A lot of water around here. Especially if you're David back there because he loves to go fishing, right? Hey, Amen. I'm still waiting for my invitation, but uh, I hear he does some mean fishing out there. But that's good stuff. But uh, it's much more than a fishing story. It's much more than a story about Jonah. What it's about, it's about God's grace and mercy and a salvation that can be found in Jesus Christ to all who call upon him. Amen. So, like I said, if you guys, for homework this week, I want you guys to go back and, and glean from this book. Uh, we're gonna, I'm going to try to bring us up to speed on a few things. There's about four chapters before we can launch off here. But I'm going to kind of unpack this thing and look at the lessons that we can apply to our life right now, straight away. Amen. So, we're going to kind of bring us up to speed on what's going on with Jonah, right? Like I said, Jonah's a prophet of the Lord. And this is taking place about 785 B.C., 760 B.C., when uh, King Jeroboam II was in charge. And I want to read a little bit. If you've got your Bibles, I want you, you can follow along with some of this. I'm going to be kind of interjecting a few things for time's sake. But it's the book of Jonah. We're going to start out. I'm going to read a little bit to set the pace there. Verse 1, chapter 1, it says, The Lord gave this message to Jonah. Get up and go to the city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked, it, wicked its people are. Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. Extremely Evil folks. I want to set the stage. As I was reading some of the commentaries this week and stuff, let me tell you, these guys were bad news. When they killed their enemies, they would take their body parts, right? And they would make sculptures and stuff of their skulls and put them around different places in, in, their, in their towns, right? Doesn't sound like some nice guys. So I want to make sure you guys get the, the visual as much as what's, what's going on uh, through the scripture as well, okay? So look at this. Now we go down to no, verse 3. And it says, but Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction. What do you think about that? Usually when you hear about a prophet of the Lord, the Lord gives them a, a message and they go, yes, Lord, send me. But the thing about Jonah, I think we can see a lot of our life in Jonah too, can't we? If we're really being truthful. But let's go ahead and read some more. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa. Where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish, which is in the opposite direction. I want you guys to get that visual, right? He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. See, he's running from God. Jonah gets in this boat. And guess what happens next? God starts getting his attention. He sends a terrible storm. Now, I want you to take a little, little time here. What does he do? He goes in the opposite direction. And guess what? He has to start paying right off. He has to buy a ticket. He's getting on the boat. And when he gets on the, on the boat, he's talking to the sailors there. And they're asking him a few things. And he goes on down to the bottom of the boat and he starts resting. Now, these sailors, no doubt, have been a crew that's been on, on the water for many years. And they start out and they're sailing along. And they say, man, what's going on here? This is quite a storm. And so they start praying to their gods. Let me, let me tell you with the little G, not our God, the one and only, right? Living God. And they're trying to figure out what's going on here. And they're throwing a few things overboard. And they start thinking, right? Man, this never happened until this guy got on board, right? And so they said, let's go talk to this guy. Let's find out where he's from. What's his deal? What's going on here? So they know something's not right. 
And so they confront John and they said, man, who are you? What's your story? Tell us. Tell us what's going on. He says, hey, I'm a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and land. Oh, and by the way, I'm running from him. I think that's where that, that saying came out from. Say what? <laughs> say, say what? What? You're running from him? Right? He just says. He says, he's the God of heaven who made the sea and land. Oh, by the way, I'm running from him. That's just a little paraphrase here. I'm just bringing it on home. And so they said, well, what do we do? What do we do? He's going to kill us all. This is what's, what's going on. The storm's going to take us out. So Jonah tells him, he says, well, you're going to need to throw me overboard. I want you to listen real close here. Even these guys that didn't know the Lord, the crew, right? They start seeing the hand of God. And you know what? They get in there and they say, man, we're just going to keep rowing. We're going to keep going, right? No good. You can't run from God, amen? You can't run from God. But this is what I think is really interesting about these guys. They call out to the Lord, God Almighty, and say, look, Lord, don't have this man's innocent blood on our hands. They knew right then who God is. They come face to face with God, so to speak. So what do they do? They take Jonah and they hurl him over, right? Man overboard. That's where we got the title. Man overboard. Boom. Storm calms down. And God arranged for a big fish to catch Jonah. Amen? So now let's just go ahead and pick it up from there. Many of you guys heard the story, but I want you guys to, to listen to this here. God sends this big fish to grab Jonah, right? Three days in the belly of a big fish will help change your attitude. Amen? It really will. It really will. Jonah prays and repents. And what I want you to see in this, God hears his prayer. It doesn't matter how far you are away from God. It's that you're turning back to God. Amen. You hear what I'm saying here? So the fish spits him out on the beach. And now Jonah enters Nineveh. That's the, the capital, right? And he shouts this. This is his message, right? The Lord says, I want you to go bring this message. This is his message. He says, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. He didn't say about love, grace, mercy, anything. He just threw it out. There. He's coming through there. Now, let's get a little picture of this, right? Let's kind of get a description. I read a lot of different uh, commentaries and stuff. And they said, you know, they believe that as, as he would be in the belly of this fish, that the, 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 the gases and the, and the slime and the saliva of this fish would, would even bleach him, right? Bleach his, his skin. Can you imagine the slobber on him and his hair all sticking up? And he's walking through town and it takes him three days to come through town. And this is his message. Everybody going, what's up with that guy? Right? Can you imagine? And he says, again, he says, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be, Nineveh will be destroyed. And I want to tell you a few things about this. First off, as you can see, and we're going to unpack some more. Jonah didn't care for these folks. They were evil. They were really bad guys. And, and a lot of his, his countrymen were, were getting tore up by them. But you know, he's a man of God. I want you to see this. And guess what? No doubt God had been using him in the past. No, no doubt God, he heard from God. But sometimes we can get our eyes on the problem instead of the problem solver, right? And his, I no doubt his fear of what would happen if he would go in there, right? But these guys say, man, they got skull bones everywhere. I ain't going. Right? We start looking at the fear instead of walking in faith. Amen? So he goes on and goes through town. And I want to read. I'm going to pick up here in chapter 4. If you're, you're with me on that, you can open your Bibles to that. I want to read a few things here. And it's entitled, Jonah's Anger at the Lord's Mercy. Amen? And it says, starting in chapter 4, it says, This change of plans of plans greatly upset Jonah. Remember I said his heart still wasn't right. And he became very angry. Let's just talk a little bit about this. Sometimes, let's just be real about it. Sometimes we can be angry with God. 
right? A lot of times we don't understand what's going on, but where we're at at that moment, we become you know, angry and things. Same with Jonah. And that's why I love this story so much because you know what? We can see ourselves in here, but we also see God's mercy and grace come through. Amen? So he complained to the Lord about it. We never do that, do we? Come on, it got quiet there, right? So he complained to the Lord about it. He said, didn't I say before I left home you would do this, all right? Now, I want to I unpack a few more things here. One of the reasons he said that he didn't want to do this because God is so merciful and great, grateful, right? Uh, gracious to his people. And he doesn't want anybody not to know him. He doesn't want to see anybody suffer, right? But he goes on and Jonah continues to talk and, and he's just, just venting off a little bit because he knows the Lord, you see? He knows how God operates and he knows what's going to happen. But you know what? Let's take a look at his heart a little bit more, right? He says, didn't I say before I left home that you would do this? He said, this is why I ran away to Tar Tarshish. I knew that you were merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. See, he knew God would take that message. Now, let me just say this. I got a little ahead of myself. When he gave that message to the people, they said, whoa. They took a hold of it. They said, maybe if we turn from our sin, maybe God will have mercy on us. God saw their heart. Not only, you know, a lot of times when they would mourn and stuff, they, they would put sackcloth on as, as a reference of their mourning. They even covered the animals with this. They were turning. They were truly saying, we're sorry. And God saw that. And that's when Jonah said, I told you that's what you do. Isn't that something? Can you imagine him talking to, the, 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 you know, the, the potter and the clay makes me think, you know. The pot doesn't tell, you know, the, the, uh, the maker what he's going to be. But anyway, we try to sometimes, don't we? We go, well, God, I said, see, I told you. Oh, my gosh, man. I'm just being for real about this. But let's see. This is a great story because it shows us inside of a heart that's not totally committed. Amen? A heart that's not totally committed to God. What would happen when our hearts are totally committed to God? Anything God wants to happen. And it's good stuff. So going back, he says, you're eager to turn back from destroying people. Then he goes, hey, listen to this guy. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if, if what I predicted will not happen. He said, if you're not going to do what you said in the beginning, and, and, and basically, it's going to make me look bad. Oh, well. Right? He's a real compassionate uh, prophet there, isn't he? Listen to the Lord's reply. He said, is it right for you to be angry about this? You notice God's still speaking with him. God's still talking to him. God's still training him. God's trying to mold him as well. Because guess what? In that net of grace, Jonah still falls in that as well. Take a look at this. Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. Now he's just sitting there. He's waiting for the fireworks. I can just picture him right there. He's sitting there. All right, let's see what God's going to do. You know? Sometimes we go, well, you know what? What do we do? Now let's put it in real time. Well, you know what? Let's just see what's going to happen. We'll pray for them and see what happens. Right? Come on, man. Let's look at our hearts now. Okay? Now, what happens then? Look, God's still working in the heart of Jonah. And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. Teachable moment coming. Teachable moment coming, right? But God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. 
And as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east, east wind to blow on Jonah. He's getting, his, he's getting his tension again, isn't he? The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. And he says, death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. And God goes on in verse 9, he says, Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? See, a lot of times I know when God's speaking and teaching me, he asks me a few very straightforward questions. It's not because he doesn't know the answer, amen? He's bringing us into the picture, right? He's helping us understand. So he asks him, he says, is it right for you to be angry because of the plant died? Jonah says, yes. God says, even angry enough to die? Then the Lord says, you feel sorry about the plant. Though you did nothing to put it there, it came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? He brings it back home, doesn't he? He says, you're getting all wrapped around the wheel about this little bit of shade that you didn't have anything to do with that I blessed you with. And it was here today and gone tomorrow. But I see a great value in 120,000 people, 120,000 souls. You know, he said, shouldn't I feel sorry for a great city? Now, I want you to understand. I want us to understand about God's grace and mercy. We have a merciful God. We have a graceful God, great, great giving God and a compassionate God and holy. Because he told them what needed to happen for them to receive the grace. Amen. He didn't say, well, I'll just let you slide. He said, you need to turn from this stuff. You need to turn from this stuff. And then guess what? Then when they repented, they experienced his grace and mercy. Everybody doing good? Say amen. So it took a little bit to get where we wanted to go, but I wanted to take the time to kind of unpack that and get us in the, the realm of what God's doing through this story, all right? So one of the first things we see, as you got your sheet, we're going to kind of pick out a few things that we can really bring to light, that we can apply in our life, maybe experienced in our life, and maybe need adjustment in our life, amen? Disobedience, right? Take a look at this. Disobedience is costly not only for the person disobeying, but for others as well. Now, can you guys think about that? We look at the text and we see from Jonah's disobedience, you know what, endangered a lot of lives of people around him, didn't it? You could probably no doubt think about things in your own life and think, wow, put a few other people in, in harm's way possibly. You know, let's go back to the story. What about the guys on the crew, the ship, right? They were in some pretty dangerous situations due to his disobedience. We can look at that in our own life. I thought of some things. Drunk driving, broken families, crimes, different things like that. How many times have I heard this? I'm not doing anything. I'm just doing my own thing. I'm not hurting anybody. But let me tell you, it has a major impact on those around you. Don't buy the lie that things in your life are not impacting other people's lives. Amen? We are made for community. We are made for relationships. And just like in the body of church, the body of Christ, when one hurts, we all hurt. Amen? So what else happens there? Hatred divides and reveals our hardened heart. See, that hatred that he had for those folks in Nineveh, what did it do? It made him run. It made him harden his heart. It cost him three days in a, in a belly of a big fish. Amen? But you know what? So many times we do the same thing. We might not be in the belly of that big fish, but we may be entangled in sin and unforgiveness and guilt that holds us a lot longer than that if we don't turn back to God. Amen? Disobedience is the fuel for the devil's fire. I thought about that when the Lord gave me that. I said, man, isn't that so true, Lord? 
Isn't that so true? You know, Jonah allowed his emotions to go overboard. That's what got him to get thrown overboard. His hatred's hard in his heart and all these areas. So don't let these areas of your life get you out of balance because we run the risk of defying God, right? And the enemy starts using these moments of disobedience just like strings on a puppet. This is what the Lord was showing me. So many times when we get entangled in sin, the enemy just gets using us just like a puppet. He keeps us entangled with fear and guilt and self-centeredness. And before we know, know it, we're, how did I get over here? How did I drift so far from here? The good news today is just like for the good news of people of Nineveh. When we turn back to God, God welcomes us home. Amen. I want us to hear that great merciful story, right? Disobedience drives us further from God and deeper in destruction. There's an old saying. I heard a song one time. A friend of mine was, they played. They did this little boogie-woogie song. And I thought it was so good. And it talked about this. It said, if you give the devil a ride, he'll want to drive. Amen. Isn't that, isn't that the truth? If you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. You pick him up, he'll want to drive. And you know what he wants to drive? He wants to drive you further from God and the things of God. Keep that in mind. Keep your doors locked and your heart open to the Lord. Disobedience is a slippery slope that starts us running from God. I want you to know this. There's no peace knowing that you're at odds with God. There's no peace knowing that we're at odds with God. You know that little check in your spirit? You know, man, I shouldn't have done that. Right? There's a difference. When you feel that, you can say, Lord, help me with this situation. Forgive me. Give me strength to work through this and let's move forward. Or we can run from God. And what we do as we run for God, we, we jump in the bottom of the boat, so to speak, or we start building the walls, or we stop attending church, or we stop taking phone calls, or whatever it may be, we start cupping our ears and running deeper and deeper into the woods away from God. Instead of stopping, turning, and opening our hearts to God and saying, Lord, I need some help with this. Lord, I need you right here, right now. You know what? Let me tell you, I believe if God is a great, gracious enough, and He is, to turn and bring those people out from Nineveh when they turn. Wouldn't he do that for you? You better believe it. You better believe it. Amen. So let's roll on into this. There's a couple little things I wanted to share with you from my handout here. Under disobedience, I wrote this. Our disobedience can impact others. Disobedience is costly. Like I said, there's a big price to pay for running from God. It's not so much that we pay, which we do. But we pay in terms of losing out on his best. You see what I'm saying? We miss out on God's best when we're running from God. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Now we want to share a few things. What happens when we run from God? Right? The crazy thing about running from God is this. You cannot seek God's love and run from him at the same time. Isn't that something? You ever thought about it? We become spiritually disjointed. You know? It's hard to seek God's face when you're running away from him. Amen? You can't. Seek the face of the Lord in reverse. Even when Jonah wasn't physically running from God, he was still resisting on the inside. Now, I want to spend a little time here. And, and, and I, I tried to write it down the best I could convey it. And I hope this comes out like I, I, I hope it does. Your outward expression will eventually follow your inward intentions. I mean this. Your actions follow your heart. Now, it might not be immediate, but as the days wear on, Guess what? What's in your heart is going to start surfacing. And it's going to be in your speech. And it's going to be in your actions. And it's going to be in your reactions. So what happens if we're not filling up on the Word of God? The Word of God is not coming out. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. We need to be listening. We need to be reading the Word. We need to be sticking close to what God's saying so that when 
we're pricked or pushed or anything like that, right? When we're squeezed, what comes out is a jolt of Jesus, amen? That's what our prayer is. Let's keep on rolling. Focusing on fear instead of faith drives us away from God. As I was thinking about that, I thought, Lord, if we could just keep our gaze on you and not allow our circumstances to seem larger than our God. That's what he did. No doubt, he started thinking about, man, they kill everybody that comes over there. I don't want to be some, some art outside of the, the walls there. I don't want to be beat up. I don't want to be beaten. I don't want to be killed. You know, you take that and apply that to your life. I don't want to be laughed at. I don't want to be looked at. I don't want, you know, whatever these things are. And we start feeding into that. And what does it do? As we feed into that, it grows, doesn't it? We start thinking about this. And we start thinking about that. And what's she going to say and what he's going to say. Instead of saying, let's look at the word of God and go with what God says. See, that's what I want us to look at. We need to prepare our hearts daily with his word. We got to feed the relationship. This week, this is, this is some homework for you guys. This week, I pray that you study the word of God and meditate on the greatness of your God. You notice I said, your God. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and receive his forgiveness, he is your God. We need to make it personal. Our God. But you know what? I want you to say, your God, my God. And my God will supply my needs. My God has my back. My God has the best in mind for me. Amen. That ought to be a good place to say amen. amen. There you go. All right. Let's keep it rolling here. Right? When we stop running, God can use... I want you guys to look at this. God can even use our past mistakes to help others see his mercy. Now that is a really big statement to digest. You know, my dad used to tell me this. He says, man, I'm telling you these things, son, because I've been through these. And maybe if you heed to what I'm saying, you won't have to learn a lesson like I did. Isn't that what we tell our children? You know, I tell my boys, I said, I didn't wake up 47 years old. I've missed the mark. I've done a few things. I've seen a few things. So I'm telling you because I love you. That's not a good plan. That's not a good plan. Why? Because I love them. Why? Because I want the best for them. God's the same way. How much more? There's only limited resources, limited time for me, but there's none with God. And he reaches down, even down into the depths of the sea to pull out a prophet that was running from him. As soon as he said, Lord, help me. I'm sorry. You know, he starts coming back to God and God reaches down and has that big fish spit him out. I don't care what you're in, what you've been doing, what's going on in your life. You know what? All it takes is a heart turned back to God for God to start pulling you in, into his loving arms, right? And doing amazing things in your life. Just look what happened to Jonah when he turned back to the Lord. Amen. Everybody doing good? Yes, I like it. I like it. Well, here's something we hear a lot about, and sometimes we don't want to apply it too much, but I'll tell you what, it's the fastest way to get back on track with God, isn't it? I'm talking about repentance. Now, Jonah had an awakening. And what I mean by that, God got his attention. You know, sometimes God will just let things go a little while, go a little while, and we don't talk about that. I don't want to jump my slide here, but I want to tell you what. He's still working in the situation, right? In critical times of our life, we usually have that moment of awakening going, aha. Sometimes it's later than sooner. We'd like to see it sooner than later, but you know what? A lot of times it's later than sooner. When Jonah realized God had spared his life, he began to put things in their proper perspective. 
Let me tell you, if you've been going through things and you start to see the light of God and you start to see things turning when you cry out to God, guess what? That's pretty encouraging, isn't it? That's, that's, that starts giving life back to you. That starts getting us back in the game and says, man, I can make it. It gives us hope. Let me tell you, God gives us hope. Not hope like the world, not I hope so. Maybe hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Knowing God changes everything. Giving it to God changes everything. Now I want to tell you this. Things don't always change on our time frame the way we want it. Does that mean God's any less God? Absolutely not. He is working things on our behalf. And sometimes just like with that plant and that worm, maybe he's teaching us a few things. Amen. Maybe you're right now you're in that time of stage of your life that there's a teachable moment. Let me encourage you with this. Learn from it. I'm preaching to me first. There's always something God wants to show us. What is it in this message today that God's speaking to you personally? Amen. So Jonah had an awakening moment. God gave him a second chance. See, you know, a lot of times we think, well, I'm so far gone. I'm just going to go all the way, man. It doesn't matter anymore. I'm so tired. I'm so sore. I'm so overextended. Whatever it is, fill in the blank. And we go, oh, man, I'm just too far gone. Well, guess what? Jonah wasn't. And I don't think you are either. Because God's got a good, long reach on the ones he loves. And he loves you. Amen. Take a look at this. He gave him a second chance. I want to tell you something else. As you go through the Bible, you see the theme of grace. And he continues to give those second, third, fourth chances. But we're going to get to that right here on this slide. God is patient with sinners and his servants. And I'm put, notice what I wrote on here. For a season. Because I want to unpack that a little bit. I want to unpack that a little bit. I added for a season for this right here. Many times we mistake God's patience for his approval. Y'all hear me? Many times we, we mistake his patience for his approval. Sooner is better. Time is ticking and God wants our obedience to be quick because that reflects a heart that is in tune to his will. Now I'm going to give you a little example. I started thinking about this. I probably told you a story once or twice, maybe at the old building. I thought about it last night. i never forget when Jesse was real, real little. He's 12 now. This is when he's just walking and, and you could get away with buying him stuff at the dollar store and everything was great. Those days are gone, right, for our kids as they get going, right? Y'all supposed to laugh. <laughs> or maybe it's depressing going, yeah, man, I tell you what. So anyway, we go and we go to like the dollar store and we get these, these little working uh, things for the yard, you know, like a rake and a shovel and a hoe. But they all snap together. I never forget this. We jumped out of the mama mobile and just like, let me have that. I was like, well, wait a minute, son. No, 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 let me have it. And he wants to play with it. But what I want to do is help him open it up and get all three of them. Get the total blessing, right? But no. My boy's just like me, right? He wants all of it now. Yeah. So he grabs it and he's just running around the yard. And I go, okay. Let me see how that works out for you there. Well, guess what? Little June bugs raking and shoveling all in one. I mean, this thing's getting kind of heavy now because they're all stacked together. And as I see that tongue start coming out a little bit, he doesn't want to play anymore because it became cumbersome and a burden, right? Instead of a blessing. And when he brought it back over to me, I said, let me show you something, son. Look. And I was able to unpack those things and give them the fullness of it, right? See, a lot of times we just take over and I got it, God. I got it. And we just want to run and do our thing and everything else. And, and we want to carry the whole load. But if we listen to our Heavenly Father, guess what? He's got the big picture. And He can break it down and help you along the way. Let me tell you what. There was a smile came back on His face when He started 
the load start getting lighter. And he still had all that. And guess what? He saw the, the blessing multiply. What is it in your life that God's showing you that you're holding on to so, so tightly? And God says, just, just hand it to me. See, it's not so much what's in your hand. It's who's asking you to open your hand. You hear what I'm saying? I, I remember this so, so well. My, my dad would say, hey, you know, uh, I'm thinking he would, he would tease me with little things, but it was a heart check. He said, man, how do you like that new bike? You know, I like that bike, Dad. That's good. Would you let me ride it? Yeah, I've seen you ride a bike before. I don't know if that's a good idea. You know? Would you, would you let me ride that? Just checking. Would, would, you, would you give that back to me if I asked you? Right? And I found out at times, right, later on, when, when I said, you know, it's just stuff, whatever you want, there was another blessing coming. You see? Maybe it was, well, you know what? Uh, do you understand where that came from? Do you understand it's just stuff? Do you understand the relationship? You see what I'm saying? And so what I would do with my kids sometimes, and they say, hey, I say, how much money you got in your hand? Man, I got a dollar. I say, can I have it? Because guess what? I got a five in my hand. I'm going to switch it out. A little heart check, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I said, what if I needed it? Would you give it to me? Right? And they probably don't remember this. This is when they were real little. Because now they would probably take it from me. They're getting big. Right? But, you know, I just test their heart. Because you know what? If they would trust me with that, I'd say, well, here, you know what? Thanks for trusting me with that. Because, you know, I need to make room so I can bless you better. I can bless you bigger. I believe God speaking to our hearts over and over and over. Open your hand. I got more for you. Open your heart. I got more for you. More grace, more mercy, more love, more forgiveness. Amen. So listen close to God. Because I believe that God has plenty to go around. Amen? Amen. Jonah changed his heart and it changed his course. I tell you what, three days are probably pretty long, I would imagine. But as soon as his heart started to change, guess what? So did the course. The course started to change. I love how God continues to work in our life. Once Jonah's heart was pliable, his course changed. Look what happened. God released him to serve. This is what the Lord was showing me. God released him to serve. God did not release him from service. Did you hear what I'm saying? He released him back into the mission. See, a lot of times we think we'll run from God and then he'll just pick somebody else. Right? God's still got a call on your life for certain things. And God's made things in your life that he didn't make in mind. Because you're unique. Right? And he wants you to do things, right? Now, that doesn't mean that if you don't do it, that, that uh, he won't use somebody else, but you're going to miss the blessing many times. But what I'm telling you is this. It's better running to God than running from God any day of the week. Amen? Always a blessing there. If we will obey God, he will direct our steps. See, so many times when I talk to people, and it doesn't have to be young folks, but a lot of times young folks, because I like to see where they're coming from, man. I, I, I get excited. I had a friend of mine come by and help me out the other day. And, man, we got behind on the grass cutting and stuff. And, and this young man, he is not afraid of work. He worked all day cutting grass where we work at. And I said, hey, man, you know, maybe you can help me out and stop by. And, uh, you know, let me know. Maybe make a couple extra bucks and you can do Hey, not a problem. You know what he told me? You know what he told me? I didn't know he was going to get at this, but he blessed my heart, man. Young guy, he's helping me. I want to help him. He's helping me. I said, how much, how much would you charge me? You know, because I want to be a blessing. And he gave me a price. And I said, that's not going to cut you short, is it? 
He said, any money is good money. It was about, he was going to help me. It wasn't about the money. It was about, you know what, any money is good money. It was his attitude towards it. He wasn't out to make a killing. He was out to just be used. He was out being used. So you know what, things went on a little bit, and guess what? He got blessed in the, in, in the midst of it, right? It's so cool to see when people come with a heart that's just open to things and they're not in it to get something. They're just in it to help and to do. Man, you're wide open for a blessing. You leave yourself wide open for a blessing. I want to hit a couple other things here. I'm going to read this one more time. I'm going to unpack it a little bit deeper. If we obey God, he will direct our steps. Listen to what I say here. Many hear, but don't listen. Some listen and don't respond. Are you listening to what God is saying to you personally today? And how will you respond? You hear what I'm saying? Many people will listen. You ever, you ever been doing something? You're working on something? And they go, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I hear you. But they didn't listen. You know what I've learned is a supervisor and doing some things. And it's good for me. Sometimes when I'm, somebody tells me, I repeat it back. So you want me to do ABC? And they go, no, I want you to do ABE. Oh, I'm sorry. See, a lot of times we, we hear, but we don't listen. I pray that we're not only hearers of the word of God, but what is the next thing I say? And listen, but how do we respond? It's about our responding to the message. How will you respond to the message today? Now, we have prayed over this message and we pray over each message that we do before you guys get here and all week, okay? So my, my prayer is this, and I'm excited to hear what you guys are going to share in the next up and coming weeks because I believe there's, this message has something for everybody here. And it's going to be different for you than it is for her and it's going to be different for her than it is for him. The question is, will you respond to it? For some here today, it might be responding to salvation. Everybody that comes here knows that we give everybody an opportunity to receive what God's done on the cross. Forgiveness of sin, amen. You know what? If there's prayer that you need before you leave here today, give us the privilege to pray with you and stand in line with you there in the gap and, and, and seek the Lord. Amen. It may be something that's said today that God says in, in, in the person beside you. It was something totally different for them. Make it personal for you today. Let's go back for a minute. What is your Nineveh? You say, what do you mean? Nineveh for Jonah was a place he said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm throwing in the towels. I don't want it. I'm out of here. I'm not going to deal with it. What is it in your life that you're Nineveh? What is it that God's telling you? You need to deal with this. We need to take care of this. Let's do it today. Let's do it today. Amen. But let's keep on rolling here. Now things start changing when we start running back to God, right? Returning to God, we love that part, don't we? But sometimes it feels like it's a long way off. But let me tell you, it's closer than you think. The purpose of God's judgment is correction, not revenge. He wasn't, you didn't hear God say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. He was dealing with that from a point of correction, right? He wanted to restore them, right? Because he loved them. It wasn't out to get them. It was up to gather them. You hear what I'm saying? He wasn't out to get them. He was out to gather them in his loving arms. That's a great point to remember. Amen. God revealed himself through grace and forgiveness. See, God reveals himself to us today through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. Amen. Think about that. Now, I want to I want to pull it back into the story here a little bit. 
See, God spared the sailors when they pleaded for mercy. Amen. God looked for that responsive heart. And then he runs with them with forgiveness. Amen. God saved Jonah when he prayed from the inside of the fish. You know, it didn't matter the distance Jonah was away. It didn't matter the time that Jonah was away. Okay. What mattered is that he turned back. Not even in the belly of a fish in the bottom of the sea could keep God's love and God's forgiveness away from Jonah. You fill in the brain. Anything that's been going on in your life, no matter how far you've run, the mistakes you've made, or anything else, will keep God away from restoring you. All you have to do is ask. All you have to do is return to God. Amen? God restores the people in Nineveh when they responded to Jonah's preaching. Now last week, or if you heard it online, it made me think about this, right? He told us this. How did God restore the people in Nineveh? Just like he did with us. The same way. Remember? They responded to the preaching. Now last week we had a little drawing. And uh, just our fingers, right? Five things that God showed us and revealed to us last week. But he told us this, right? Point them to the gospel. Remind them of my sacrifice. Show them my love. Teach them of my forgiveness. And as we made that fist, the Lord showed us a little illustration there. It's all capped in His grace. It's all capped in His grace. You can see it through the theme of Jonah's story. Amen? And it's not just hearing God's word that pleases Him, but our responding obediently to His word. How often do we hear it and then we just walk away? The message is about responding to His love. The message is about responding to His grace, His forgiveness, His mercy. Amen? And I want you to hear this right here. God saves all who call upon His name. It's by grace through faith. Right? Now we always give a word anchor, and that's right there. A couple of places if you want to write down on your sheet there. Romans chapter 10. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Right? Because we want to always have it tied and anchored in to the Word of God. That's what makes the difference. In your life. Amen. We're on the home stretch guys. Through this whole story. As I sat down and spent some time with the Lord. He showed me some amazing things. He says I want to show you the theme of my grace in this story. Amen. Let me give you. God's grace is activated by his love for us. Why does he do what he does? Because he loves you. He loves you. You think about with your children. Why do you do what you do? Because you love them. Right? Love is powerful. As a believer, each one of us has been dipped in the grace of God's redemption through Christ Jesus. If you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, let me tell you, He has cleansed you from your sin. Amen? Not just what you've done in the past, from cover to cover, from end to end, you're forgiven. Listen to what I say. Does that mean, buddy, you just tell them they can do anything they want, live any way they want? No, but if our hearts change and we do get off course, guess what? Holy Spirit will adjust our life and, and tug on our heart and we get back in the game. We repent and run back to God. We repent and run back to God. Amen? That's what we're talking about here. Repentance is a result of our understanding and responding to our dependence upon God. When we start understanding how much we need to depend on God, our hearts and our actions start to align with the Word of God because we know He's the answer. And forgiveness breaks down the chain of sin 
and releases us into the freedom Jesus Christ purchased for us. See, a lot of times we're so bound up by religion, rules and regulations, where we can be free, right, in the relationship. That's what we're always preaching here about the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So as we get ready to bring this home, I want to ask you this. Have you ever been that man or woman overboard? Have you ever felt like, you know, man, I'm just so far away. I'm sunk. Well, you know what? If that's you today, I want to tell you that, you know, God can reach you where you're at. I wrote this last week. I threw it out on my Facebook page. I got a bunch of hits on it just to just remind people about God's love. I said running from God never gets us closer to the solution. It just prolongs the problem. Now, you know what? If we could really take hold of that in our lives, I bet you we turn a lot faster. But we think we can run faster. We think we can run further. We think we can fix it. And there's things in our life that we can't fix. And that's why he sent Jesus. Aren't you glad that he sent Jesus? Amen. Aren't you glad that we can be forgiven of our sin? Aren't you glad that his blood purges all our sin? Aren't you glad that there's still healing in the name of Jesus, right? That there's still redemption and restoration in that of the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, if you hear whatever's going on in your life, let me point you to the answer. His name is Jesus. The person of Jesus Christ. I wrote this down. John was a man overboard, but God scooped him up in his net of grace. And an entire city was saved. Over 120,000 people, the Bible says. The story. Because of that one man turning and God using him. God gets the glory. But a lot of times God wants to use you in the process. What is it that God wants to do in your life? What is God telling you at your home, at your work, in your life, in your city? That he says, you know, I can use you for that. You can make a difference. And he's been tugging and pulling just a little bit of time because God's a gentleman. And he says, hey, today's the day I want you to step out. Today's the day that I want you to make a difference. And see, he still extends his net of grace to you and me. But we just need to allow God to pull us from the depths of self-centeredness, from our sin, from fear, and our loneliness, sickness, whatever it may be, and let God rescue our soul. Let God rescue our soul. If you're here today and you've never giving your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to hear very clearly what I'm saying. It's about a personal relationship with the Lord. We are saved by grace through faith, not that of ourselves, but it's a gift to God. Have you received that gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ? And you do that like this. You turn, you repent, you say, Lord, I know there's sin in my life. We agree with Him that we understand that. Right? And then we call on a name above all names. We confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Right? We believe in our heart that God raised from the dead. And we say, Lord, come into my life right here, right now, and forgive me. If that's your prayer today, pray it right from your seat and right from your heart. And let God's love and God's grace and God's mercy transform your life. Because that's something to celebrate. That's where it all starts. And when I say it all starts, you are sealed and your salvation is secure. But your journey continues and God grows you teaches you and uses you to the day he calls you home. If you're here today and you said, I've done that, buddy. But you know what? Be honest with you. I'm in the belly of that fish right now. Man, I, I, I feel like I've been thrown overboard right now. You know what? What did Jonah do? 
cried out to God. And God brought him back on dry land. He'll do you the same way. As you just close your eyes, I want to pray for you before we leave here. Father, I thank you for the message of Jonah. I thank you for the grace, the theme of grace that we see through the life of Jonah. I thank you for the transparency of your word and the power of your word, your life-changing word, the correction that we see from your word and the love and the grace and the mercy that we can experience when we turn back to you. Lord, no doubt, each one of us has felt like, man, we just want to jump overboard with some craziness that's, that, that's been in our life, whether it's by our choices, whether it's by things that we had no control over. But Lord, you are the stiller of the storm. And today, Father, I pray for each one here that you calm their hearts, that you direct their hearts back to you. And Father, I thank you that no matter where, no matter what we've done, we are never too far from your grip of grace. In Jesus' name.